0: This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Back with us in studio again. He was such a stud yes, on the first was. episode, of Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, yeah. Amy told me to say, hey. Hey. <laughs> Dude. There you go. Our listeners loved
2: you, man. I Appreciate you guys. I appreciate the love, man. Yeah, you guys made right me laugh, dude. dude. They loved you. So I texted your wife Ditto. how
3: amazing you are, and she agreed.
2: Oh well, I'm glad I get to come home. Yeah, tonight lucky,
3: you married, so. lucky you
2: married her. Uh, I got, I got a soft spot for for Canadians and a soft spot for for musicians. All so. oh, right, on. Oh, uh, hey, Smooth so no, talker over the here. Canadian man, talker. The Canadian man, the Canadian man is a disciplined beast, man. Like I've done a lot of movies uh, up there. I met a lot of MMA fighters that are. Yeah. They're different breeds than what we have down here. I've wow. always respected it, and the musician life is the biggest struggle. My my uncle's Paul Williams, that's the president of ASCAP, wow. that's your union dog. Wow. He was my dad's <laughs> best friend. He wrote the Rainbow Connection. You started Willie Nelson Super back count. in the day? Yeah, one of the greats. So I lo- I've always had a soft spot for musicians. I know the hustle's real, and yeah, I love that you said you took three years writing songs in between albums and that's such the sign of somebody who's staying true to themselves yeah, man, and, appreciate and it. as an artist i just respect that appreciate a lot that, yeah brother, yeah, brother. That, man. dude you're so Thank good you, is,
1: isn't he is that voice he's just coming through the oh microphone? he's got it he's, yeah. got, he's got it got the got it. voice no the, the voice, voice is like
2: sounds like some dumb stoner surfer from l.a
1: <laughs> oh, you, have a, <laughs> uh, you have a fantastic <laughs> voice dude you're fantastic. i should book more videos. say games,
4: our though. names we want to hear our names brooks and gavin there you go so good should
1: we have him him do like a lead-in for the show (laughs) now how men think with brooks and gavin that's right don't
0: forget to listen to Freddie's podcast did we have
4: him say hey this is fred did we have him say his name before he say i'm i'm guesting today with such and such i'll say maybe he should start the show
5: Ooh. maybe you should lead in the
4: show like Say hey what's up Blah blah, blah. I'm with, I'm, I got that I guess I'm My name am I, is sorry,
1: Freddie my, I, No it's oh, great I'm no, like yeah, all for it awesome. We're all for yeah. it That would be cool That would have been cool Like five minutes ago Before it's we started this cool show It's kind of cool At the end of the but, show Okay on you today's know.
2: episode, right at the end. Yeah. Never say my name, yeah. to every end, <laughs> yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. With Brooks and Gavin. Oh, there you go. for a
1: great show, and then it's over. We're going to have some Perfect. more fun today, buddy. I always appreciate I appreciate you last week coming in, and thank you again for coming here for this awesome. show. My pleasure, man. I know Burbank well. Prince yeah, and the
0: good. Wolf.
2: <laughs> yeah, Prince and the Wolf is our podcast.
0: You
5: can click on it right with after this.
2: Comedian Josh Wolf. He's super funny. He's been in the game forever. Great. And uh, my YouTube channel is called Gaghead, it's Egghead with a G. And it's a bunch of comics, actors, musicians, and pro wrestlers Great. playing tabletop games. If you guys want to have some laughs or see that kind of
1: stuff, it's there too. Yeah, so hey, we you. want in. How, how does, yeah, how does how did do Gavin and Brooks get invited into? Any time,
2: man. Yeah, what's going on around we'll here? Do we'll do a little cheaters Monopoly, sh- man. I, cheaters, I, welcome.
1: oh, I feel like we'd be the suckers. We show up to like a Dungeon and Dragons <laughs> something, and they just they just take all our money. Nah, we'll do a
2: starter group. <laughs> oh, we'll do a starter group. That's yeah, what we, we need. Good.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's do it. I'm in for it. Appreciate I'm in too. I'm in. Next up diet
5: all
1: right here we go gavin's favorite topic Diet and nutrition. Oh, diet and nutrition are so important to me. They are. I know. I, I can live for them. Based that pizza the, told based, me so. <laughs> based yeah. off the pizza that <laughs> we, you were just dunking yeah. into blue cheese dressing right. or whatever. It
0: was. I can't believe we're talking about diet and <laughs> so we all just important. shoved pizza in our mouths.
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, we've been working Healthy hard here. That's Thank you, right. round
0: table pizza. Dude, like we, we really, really do. do.
2: <laughs> we've been working hard. Right. It's well, cheat day. Gav, it's Gav, cheat day. you you
1: are you are a. Pretty much a professional nutritionist and registered dietitian anyway. But I could tell you don't say. When, when you
2: walked in the room, I felt it. You could you could feel it, right? Your aura, like I could sense it. It just it screamed Atkins. You like, saw those boxes he on in. my stomach.
1: You thought I was a storage facility. That's right. That's right.
2: Your clothes get cleaner as you wear them, just, bro.
1: Just to help you <laughs> just to help you do the heavy lifting here in this next segment. Yeah. We're also going to bring on friend of the show, yes. previous guest of the show. Yes. She might be the first person that's been on two times with us. Christy's back with us. Christy, well, Merritt, Christy. Are you back with us? Christy what's up? Hey, hey. Oh, hi. I know. I
0: wish I, I know. I, um, I so wish I could be in studio with you guys. I Good know. seeing
1: you. I know. We miss you. So you're a sports dietitian at the University of Southern California. You have a... Massive, massive resume here, but you are my favorite story to tell. Every time I talk about you, was you were our <laughs> sports and nutrition coach for the LA Kings when I played here in town. So
0: yes, I was. Yeah. yeah. So
1: we we if we're like our listeners too, ate and drank probably everything over the holidays. Mm. we'd Mm -hmm. love for some tips in the start of the new year to get our diet and nutrition back in line. Where do we start? If we're just, we just gorged over the holidays, where do we even start for this one?
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's a great question. I mean, I definitely think everybody, it feels like most people that I've talked to too, everybody has this goal for the new year of like, how do I, you know, restructure my life and just get myself into a better routine and habits. And I always tell people the the best thing you can do for yourself is to track not even on my fitness pal or any of those apps with calories because i think that can lead to just obsessive behaviors but just even just start like writing down what you eat and what time everything that goes in your mouth because i think people are so busy that what ends up happening is that they hardly eat during the day and then they come home and they're exhausted And they just eat a bunch of stuff at night. And then they start the cycle all over where they hardly eat in the morning. It sort of continues. Or they're snacking on things that they're not even aware of because they're so busy and they're hungry. And then a coworker brings in donuts or whatever. And you end up, you know, falling into that type of habit. So the first thing I think would be to keep a food log of what you eat in the times and begin to see your patterns. Like either you are not eating enough protein and so you're overeating on carbohydrates and sugars, or you have that, you know, three o'clock slump in the afternoon where all you want is sugar. And that could be because you didn't eat enough at lunch. So you kind of begin to see just habits and patterns. So I think that's always a great place to start. And then it's being realistic with yourself of exercise. I mean, that has to be a part of anybody's health and fitness goals is to fit that in and, What I think is happening because Instagram is blowing up with all these wonderful fitness videos and in different ways, but finding something that really resonates with you instead of trying to do with what a friend is doing that you don't even like to do and you actually hate the whole time you're doing it. So it's finding something that you really enjoy doing, and that could be a video or it could be trying a different class. Um, So those two things of the food log and then finding something that you can commit to that you enjoy in terms it. of moving your body.
5: Let's say, they
4: say Oh no, sorry. you go. You I was go. You're say, already logging over well, here. Well, Gavin's
1: logging
2: here, Christy. Like I did. I
4: am now, now they say that getting the right amount of rest helps your muscles develop. If I just sleep all the time, can I get ripped?
0: You
1: are going to be shredded. So, yes. Christy, sleep perfect. all day.
0: As as you
1: were talking, you're on. You, last time you're here with us, you were in studio, but you're on the phone right now. As you were talking, yeah. Gavin wrote pizza 4:30 <laughs> on, on on his plate that he's on bringing his oily, plate with me everywhere. The oily ass pizza plate. So he's taking oh your God, advice, and then, and then and as you talked about uh, working out, he looked at me because I have a fitness app. He looks at right. me. He's like, "Yeah, get me set up on that app." That's right. Uh,
0: See, there you go. There so you, I mean, honestly, have you seen his yes, app? By the totally way, help us. I actually have, and it's incredible. Yes.
1: Actually, and for our listeners, for everybody listening, also we're going to give you fifty percent off your first month if you go to That's Open Gym. Amazing. Just go on, go on our Instagram. I can't believe you're not going to give me a free month, you, you, buddy. <laughs> I'll give it to you. If you go on, for anybody listening, if you're kickstarting your health. Uh, nutrition with Chrissy is a big part of it, but also fitness as well. Um, How Men Think listeners will get fifty percent off their first month. Find us on Instagram at Open Gym, and when you sign up, type in HMT Podcast, all in capital letters and you'll get 50% off. Is there a program for guys who don't want to pull awesome. tendons? Yeah, man. We have body weight program, which is like 20 minutes a day. My mom does that every single mm. day.
2: But you're going to give Gavin two
1: months for I'll you. give Gavin two months. Two cause months. Cause he's He's so dedicated.
0: Can I tell you what ladies worry about? What's that? So yes. I need to get, me. something's wrong up here on my arms. She's pointing to her shoulder
2: triceps. and her triceps. triceps, triceps.
0: Something's wrong right here. I'm pointing to my belly. But if I get... Meat? If we get too thin in the belly, I'm going to lose the one part I like, which are the B-O-O-Bs. Uh,
2: mm. You want to check I... your spelling?
0: <laughs> B-O-O-Bs. <laughs> well, All right. yeah, spot reducing. Can't, I mean, that's, I that's the problem, that? right? I know. Everybody wants to have this like beautifully sculpted body. Like, I want to lose it from here, but not here. If I could just take the fat from my stomach and put it on my chest or like put it on my butt. Like, obviously, there's... I mean that's why I think lifting weights, especially for women, is so important. I think there's still this idea of cardio, cardio, cardio. That sounds when so it's tiring. I know, but it's. I mean, it is really about sculpting and toning your body. And unless you have some type of resistance training, it, it's there's that is such a huge component. And remember, after the age of thirty, you lose a pound of muscle a year. <sighs> Wow. So 45? if you are not replacing that, you are going to be replacing it with fat, and fat doesn't burn any calories. And now you are in a, like, a, really a situation where you have to figure out what you're eating and how you're eating because you don't have a lot of room. But you know, the fat, more muscle you have, the more calories you burn.
4: Fat makes drinking in the pool easier, though. <laughs>
0: Regardless of temperature, that's the only thing it does. Did Freddie prince Jr. ever
3: have to show his abs in a film?
2: Yeah, I've had to show the washboard. I've Was had that to show stressful? The not, not when you got an eight pack. Yeah. Nice.
1: Bang. Do you still have it? So, Chrissy, yeah. Chrissy um, yeah. can, you, can you give our listeners a couple tips just to get them out of the gate to start 2020? Yeah, th- um, that's what I wanted to ask you. If you're
2: just getting started. Right? Like, yes. you're just getting started. It's hard to do stuff cold turkey. But diet right. is about 90. And I, this isn't me saying this. I've spoken to a couple of physiologists, and I've had personal trainers, and I've heard this repeatedly. Diet is responsible for just about 90% of your gains and losses. And exercise is going to be the rest of that. Now, I've heard different numbers, but it's always high. Yeah. yeah. What I know Very a lot true. of people who just say they can't cook. But prep meals... Seem to be the easiest way I've found to do that. Do you believe in that? How can you help people sort absolutely. of with
4: some simple ideas like that? And do you think, Christy, absolutely. that ninety percent mm-hmm. is is diet?
0: Oh, absolutely! It's ninety ten. It's ninety percent social and ten percent exercise because those my man is a people, genius. You, seriously? Because there are plenty of people who work out all the time, and you see them, you're up, and you're like, nothing's changing. Like those are the right. ones that are doing all the work, and they'll do like. They'll spend two hours in the gym. But then if they don't work on the nutrition, they're really just it's it's yeah, they're not gonna see results. You'll, so you'll
1: never, the nutrition
3: part is, is huge. Yeah, I always say yeah. you'll
1: you'll never out train a poor diet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that's it, good. You, you, just, like won't, that. you mm. just won't even if well you just won't even if you train as much as I train, you'll never out train a poor diet because mm. the poor yeah. diet will continue and at some point the training will slack off a little bit. Mm. Diet and specifically within diet Portion control yeah. is a massive is some, a massive part of something it. something to mm-hmm.
2: help with that, and I don't get any money from George Foreman, but those George Foreman grills are those little t- tiny see, like little grills that yeah. fit in anybody's apartment, yeah. Freddie. I don't have a stove. Mm-hmm. You got a George Foreman right. grill, a and Delph that also, grill. It also helps with portion yeah. control because you can only fit so much yeah. on that bad boy. But yeah. if you can get a chicken breast and some vegetables on there and do that, you know, three or four times in one night and set your meal prep up for the week, that can help people a lot with making healthier choices, man. Mm. A lot of times it's just choices, right?
0: Oh, it is. I mean, I think what you said about meal meal prepping is a huge component to this because the the point is that if you don't have the healthy foods in the house to begin with, then you... you have you know you're going to start your work week and end up just eating out most of the time which is a lot of people's problems they don't cook at home because they they don't have the time or whatever the situation is but there's so many simple easy things that you can prepare at home that are just like you know batch cook a bunch of like grill a bunch of chicken or roast a bunch of vegetables and when you're looking at your plate for those that are trying to really cut back but they were so used to eating large portions that's when you have to have half of your plate being vegetables and then a quarter protein and even maybe a little bit less of a quarter than of carbohydrates and eating slowly is also something that's incredibly important too, because if you're eating fast, then your body hasn't had a chance to kind of catch up and tell you that it's had enough. Tell that to my kids. You're hungry. So then you go back and you eat more. And then later you're like, why am I so full?
2: Yeah. I got to tell so, my 10 year old daughter this all the time. I'm like, you're going to make yourself sick. You, But I'm not full yet. I'm like, cause you ate a whole plate of food and Four and a half minutes, like
1: Mm. go slow. Exactly. The other thing I go slow. One other thing I think people are sometimes guilty of is they'll they'll be really they'll be like, oh, just. They'll undereat, actually. When we talk about portion control, I think some people will undereat, which leads to them overeating.
2: You're in LA, it's, brother. So, that happens. So they Absolutely.
1: won't they, they won't have breakfast or they'll just have something light at breakfast and then maybe they just have like a small salad at lunch, but they're really now starting to get hungry. They don't have a mid-afternoon like healthy snack bar or anything. They push that off until like Five or six o'clock, then their their brain and their body is just going crazy and they'll just eat now anything. Like Except Bill Gates. Exactly. He's the
2: exception to the rule. <laughs> Bill Gates does not eat breakfast. His first meal isn't until one o'clock in the afternoon every single day. I have no idea wow. how he does
0: he, it. He's
1: might he might be huh. intermittent fasting. Or he's that was just not gonna say that's very
0: popular too. Can you oh. touch right. on that, Christy? Intermittent fasting? Yeah. Or just the not eating and then overeating at night. I mean uh, both, both, both scenarios.
1: Yeah, let's go to both. I let's mean, talk I, about
0: yeah. I mean, I think intermittent fasting is, I mean, look, there's a lot of research to back it up. I'm, I'm one to say like mostly I would say for the average person, it's, it's not for everybody. Um, and you have to just do your research and do it in a way where you can do smaller windows. You don't have to do these long hours without eating. But, um, but I do think there's this over snacking issue. Some people do too, where that intermittent fasting can be very helpful. You know, so you, you yeah. have a shorter window of time during the day. But I don't think, especially if somebody's starting out and they want to, you know, look good and feel good for the new 2020, I would say, don't do any fat, don't, I would, you know, stay away from more of the diets and really just look at your behaviors and cut back on the amount of sugars and excess snacking that people do, which I think that when I see people in my private practice for weight loss, when I start talking to them about what they're currently eating, they are just they're in the car. They're snacking because they maybe bring nuts, and now they're, you know, what what once was like a healthier option to bring nuts in your car just in case you get hungry, but now they're sitting in two hours of traffic, and that bag of nuts is gone before they get home. So can- there's a lot of that happening. Um, but I certainly feel like intermittent fasting can be really, really helpful for a lot of people. I've seen many people lose weight and keep it off by doing that. But it's a dedication. They really, it's got to work in your life because it's you know. Very difficult to do if you want to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner in you know a timely fashion. Yep. How
4: do you, how do you feel about fats? Fats, you know what I mean, no. like food that has fat. You like you're yeah, you're, I mean, no, you're like be, no sugar, no carbs, or less sugar, less carbs. How about fat? I'm actually trying to. Put how do you more feel about fat, fat? You know what I mean, like I cream, heavy thing, cream, thing. or fat well, on the meat and things like that.
0: No, so I, I would prefer people to use um healthier monounsaturated fats, like add in extra avocado. Go ahead and add an extra tablespoon of right. olive oil <clears throat> to your salad. Right. Um, and fill in, and be satiated that way right. than um cutting out fat or going for like the heavy fats, like, you know, I'm just gonna smother my salad and ranch now because I want to Because you know, it's delicious. I'm, yeah, it's
4: delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not lie to ourselves here. Hey, so here's another question. So uh, when yes. I go out, uh, you know, for, uh, for breakfast, say right, because I I live in mm-hmm. hotels and such. So um, when uh, I say I order some eggs, right, and I ask them, hey, do you mind not using any oil? Can you just please cook it in butter? How do you feel about that? Do I have a death wish?
0: <laughs> um necessarily because first of all that that's one I never look at one thing and and would categorize you as like oh wow like you run the you know road to destruction because you like your eggs and butter um, I am but I go ahead overall, yeah I was going to say that's definitely... but um but yeah I mean I would <laughs> you know I don't think butter is necessarily a bad thing I think right. there's a lot worse um fats out there to be honest um so I would which be careful Which, are,
4: which it, fats? Which fats do you think are worse, Like so bad? Please you're tell look, me.
0: You're
2: asking like you okay. want to know where they are so you could eat them.
4: I'm kind of <laughs> curious.
0: I don't know. Is that why? Well, like the, all the hydrogenated oils. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like canola oils that are very. I mean, there's a lot of different like oils and and like I was saying, like ranch or um, even like heavy creams, like those mm. kinds of things probably mm. wouldn't be first on my list of something you should be having on a regular basis but if you were like you know what this is what I really enjoy I like having my eggs cooked in butter but then for the rest of the day I'm very you know mindful of other saturated fats that I put in my diet that's the key it's when people eliminate everything and then they're just unhappy and miserable then they start eating other things so to me it's like looking at your overall diet and be like if that's what you like for your breakfast as long as the rest of the day isn't like pizza and burgers and french fries and Whoops. other stuff then you're okay so canola um, right.
2: oil is like the floyd mayweather of oils like it looks like it's going to give you something delicious but at the end you're very unsatisfied and empty
5: <laughs> nice yeah, analogy.
0: Geno- canola oils are genetically modified i think that's part of the problem just like floyd um <laughs> And then you've got to be careful, too, like if you're you're heating certain oils as well, like you really want to cook in avocado oil or coconut oil versus if you're frying things in olive oil, it's not ideal.
4: As a listener, how do I know that you're not invested in the avocado uh, oil industry?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely not. I would love to be though. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But, yeah, so I I think that it's it's kind of looking at – that's what i was saying. I think everybody sort of needs to take a step back and look at their behaviors. And point and understand some of the things that they're consuming that they really enjoy. Like, I have a client who loves bagels, and she's like, Mm. If I could just have a bagel for every breakfast, I really would not crave as many carbs throughout the day. And I've done that. She's lost already 15 pounds. But before, she was like, I heard bagels are bad. They make you gain weight. They're too many carbohydrates and whatever. It's for her. My wife's Jewish. She
2: would have smacked her if she heard her say those things about bagels.
0: See, but you gotta like work with each person. So I think that's why it's not a cookie cutter way of eh, developing cookies. a healthy lifestyle. You know, Chris- yes. and cookies can be part of that. By the uh, way,
1: uh, Christy, I appreciate but, you coming on. Um, I have one absolutely. more question. Just one more, like, yeah. uh, just tell our listeners if this is good or bad. This is what I a uh, uh, real simple formula I try and follow. Um, mm-hmm. I try and eat. Very lean, very clean, but I try and if I'm going to eat any carbs or starches, I'll do it before two o'clock because my metabolism will naturally slow down after 2 p.m. And then in the evening, I'll do a meat with a steamed vegetable. So a protein with a steamed vegetable, carbs earlier in the day because your metabolism is higher, steamed vegetables, leaner meal in the evening.
0: So yes, all of that I totally agree with completely. (laughs) <laughs> unless you're a person who I have people who work out at night and then they're like the protein and vegetable thing. So it depends on also when your workout is. but you're right. Carbs are designed for to be energy, right? And as the day goes on and you work, you know, most people kind of slow down midday to the evening. Yeah. That's when they should be having less carbs for sure. But I have clients who work out, let's say at seven, like six o'clock or right after work, I'll put in a little bit of carbohydrate, but you know, a small amount, yeah. um, but for in general, I would say that's a good—that's a really good rule. But also to caveat that, making sure that they're not over-consuming on carbs for earlier in the day because they can't have them at night. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I think it's like, oh well, I better fill up on my quinoa at lunch because I'm not going to have any at dinner. So yeah, to, it's always like making sure that the amount is, you know, like a fist—a fistful for most people. It depends on that. But if you look at your plate and it's Covered in quinoa, or you have a ton of potatoes or rice, you, it's always a good idea to cut back on carbs yeah. in general and sugar and let proteins, healthy fats, and vegetables be the majority.
1: Awesome. Thank that, you so that much.
0: Chocolate and bowl of berries I eat right before bed. I'm, oh. I'm nailing it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: Amy. Killing <listen. laughs> yeah. the game. Keep that in for sure.
5: Just...
1: <laughs> Christy, thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners My find pleasure. you should they want more information on this? They want to start 2020 in a healthy new way.
0: So, a couple of th- I think, Amy, you have my, my nutrition website, I believe. Um, and give it out. My, and give your and yeah, new Instagram that we made more. you get. Give out your new <laughs> Instagram that you never
1: post on. I know. She's so bad at marketing.
0: <laughs> so, KM, KM Sports Nutrition is the website KM Sports Nutrition. And then, um, do you want email or? No, don't give no, your email. No, you don't what's your email. Instagram, dude? Oh, Christy.Morrell.
1: M O R R E L L. So now you'll just see pictures yeah. of
0: Christie's kids. I
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christy. So I,
0: thought, I know. I That's that. I agree, Amy. I know you're trying to start like a whole thing. She but... just told everybody what to eat. We're going to tell her to be better about marketing in I know, 2020.
1: I know. She. Thank you so much. Yeah. I always appreciate it. You're I never, so get to, never get She's to. Never get to. on a marketing enough. diet. Um, <laughs> Amy, we got to get Christy back <laughs> in studio with us because diet I is such an, it's such an important part of a healthy life. So thank you so much. Thank Christy. you, Christy. We
0: Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.
4: This one's the scary
1: one. This is the scary one. This is a massive... Our community mm. reached out and sent us so many questions and mm. topics and wanted us to dive into this one. Mm. Anxiety. Oof. Anxiety, stress, all of the things. Anxiety. We are going to dive into anxiety. People want to reduce the amount of stress and anxiety that they Mm. have in their everyday life. I want nothing more for people to reduce that and feel calm and Mm. feel grace and feel poised Mm -hmm. and fun and free in their lives versus stressing, stressing, stressing. I know people in my life who are just stressed and it doesn't, I don't even want to be around them because that energy is just resonating off. I agree with you. So we have with us. Dr. Hillary Goldsher, Hillary, are you on the phone? I am. Uh, Thanks for having me. All thank right. you so much for coming on. So, uh, Dr. Hillary, you are a licensed clinical psychologist with a private practice in Beverly Hills. You specialize in treatment of couples relationships, depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, eating disorders. You name it. Um, where do we even start with somebody that has? anxiety. What's like the the first place you'll look at their lives or the first area you're able to help?
3: Yeah, I mean, anxiety is a symptom that typically comes from pushing away painful, difficult, stressful thoughts and emotions,
5: Ooh.
3: so it usually shows up as a symptom. So I always want to know what things are going on in their lives outside of the anxiety symptoms, what's happening professionally, personally, in the relationships, issues that they've had in their past, et cetera, that are contributing to their tendency to like avoid painful thoughts and feelings because they usually show up as symptoms of anxiety.
1: Mm. Wow. So if somebody, let me unpack that a little bit. So if somebody, let's say somebody goes to even eating, eating can be a a very unhealthy thing. Mm. They actually won't have Mm. an eating problem. They will have some sort of anxiety or an issue or a trauma somewhere else in their life Mm. that the eating becomes the result of avoiding the pain of this other issue. Mm. Is that correct?
3: That's right. The eating becomes the symptom. That's right. So it probably is also true that they then have manifested an eating problem, if you will. Mm. So it's not that it can't be true that the eating... Issues are invasive in their life as well. But in order to get to kind of the origin of it, yes, almost always really without exception, there's something else going on and the eating or the drinking or the overworking or whatever the symptom is, is a a mechanism of escape.
1: So how do we encourage somebody? My dad, when I was, when I was a child and just even still as as a, in my life now, my dad, Hillary, um, always encouraged this. He said, run towards the fire. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and my dad was a principal and he said every day when he got to school, the first things the first three things he did in the morning were the three things he least wanted to do in the course of his day. And so he built, he built this mantra to run towards the fire and he goes, after I did those three things, Brooks, I could get on with the rest of my day and, and. I I wasn't left worrying about, oh, at the end of the day, I now have to conquer the three biggest beasts of Mm -hmm. my day. So he instilled that in myself in my brother and my sister, run towards the fire. And it's been a phrase that I've leaned on a lot in the course of my life. Um, But for our listeners who are maybe scared of that or haven't been trained or taught that, what are the first steps we can encourage somebody to move towards a trauma or an issue or a problem? Because that's not a fun thing to do. Nobody really wants to do that.
3: I love that. That's such that that is such good psychological advice. It's such a good way of taking care of like your brain and your heart is to kind of run towards what's hard. And, you know, the way to kind of break that down in a way that might feel more digestible for listeners who are just kind of contemplating this possibility is like finding a safe place, a safe way to think about feelings, to think about issues, to think about inner conflicts, to think about things in their lives that aren't working. And so a safe place might be therapy, a safe place might be a trusted friend, a safe place might be meditating, a safe place might be journaling, you know, finding an outlet that feels possible to let some of those kind of scary, difficult thoughts come up. Because when they stay kind of stuffed down inside of us, they always create symptoms. And even though it's scary to kind of look at that stuff close up and feel the pain and the fear and the hopelessness or whatever comes with it, it is always the first step towards healing. It's always the first step towards sort of lifting the haze of anxiety.
1: That's sort of what this show is. That's why we started this, Gav. Is, yeah. For us, uh, Dr. Hillary, we wanted to do I'm Not Good Naturally at talking about my emotions or my feelings or vulnerable. I disagree. Uh, You're great at it. I I was not though. That's why this, (laughs) this podcast for me, it keeps me honest and it keeps me, it's, it's training to, (laughs) to use a muscle that's not natural for me. Mm. So in doing this podcast, I've got better at sharing vulnerabilities and insecurities in hopes that it it encourages other men to, to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. or other, other women too. Um, but how do we? I'm trying to think where to go with this. Is how how do we encourage other people to to accept that discomfort? Because even for me, it's hard. Like for on on the show here, Gav, we challenge each other all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to open up more. We need to be more vulnerable. We need to like say more truths, mm-hmm. hoping that uncovering these will help people out there that are really struggling. But it's damn hard to move that way. It's it's really tough. And I think part of
4: the reason it is tough is because everybody's so afraid to say the wrong thing in an effort to express themselves that people just keep their mouths shut about a lot of things. And so, you know, we're not all politicians. Sometimes you're just speaking off the cuff and something may be misinterpreted as a quote-unquote wrong thing to say, but it's just you talking through how you feel at the moment. You haven't quite formulated how to express it yet. And I think that's also a part of why people have a hard time beginning the process of discussing certain things that are difficult for them is because they're afraid to say the wrong thing in the process of trying to figure out how to say what it is that's on their mind.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think, I think you're so right. There's just that vulnerability to be seen as weak or to say something Mm -hmm. that someone feels offended by or to say something that is politically incorrect, whether it's sort of in a macro sense or just in a micro sense, but in the context of your own life or your relationship. Yeah, we all understand that. Yeah, right. All Mm -hmm. those fears exist. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think perhaps for your listeners, the idea, and it sounds so cliche, but it's really true. And I love how you guys are talking about this, the idea that they're really not alone that everybody men and women alike experience that fear of being vulnerable vulnerable mm. experience that fear of exposing parts of themselves that feel you know unfinished not shored up afraid right and the idea that like we're all human and all are in this together and all have similar experiences right. and you know it was just having this conversation with a client recently that for men and, and women alike, there there's there's a strange ability for, you know, kind of the mind and body to not have great muscle memory around this stuff, meaning that most people will report when they're open and vulnerable that later they feel pretty good about it. It's amazing. But yeah. the next time they go to do it, they're just as scared.
1: It's hard. <laughs> it's right. Like, yeah. Interesting. It's,
3: and- it's it's always hard. And and maybe if your listeners sort of know that like every one of us, men, women, therapists, you guys alike, you know, when you're struggling with something and you go to be vulnerable, that it's hard each time. It's like the human experience. It,
4: well, the, the, sorry, but the. Uh, may,
1: no, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy.
4: Uh, I, I think it's sort of that weird dichotomy between being brave enough to be vulnerable and how, you know, it's, it's sort of this, Interesting fine line between the the two things, but they are interrelated.
3: I I, I often say to my patients, I, it, you aren't brave unless you're afraid. Do you know what I mean? Right. It, that's, it's hard that's, to call it brave that, or courageous unless it's hard.
1: That's right. It's yeah. yeah right. I feel that way honestly. When we do this show, we walk in the studio, and every day when I walk in, I'm I'm honestly scared. I'm I'm. We're going to talk about something. There's something in me that I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. But I make you too, Gav. We make a conscious decision when we Mm -hmm. enter this studio that we are going to do the hard work. That was our pledge on our very first Mm -hmm. podcast. We're going to be open and genuine and raw Mm -hmm. and try and do hard work on ourselves, hoping, Mm -hmm. just hoping that somebody out there listening might be inspired by that or see that it's okay to feel that way or resonates with it or knows that they're not the only one feeling that way mm-hmm. um and for anybody listening it does actually get easier so i don't know mm-hmm. if this is podcast 30 or what it is but the first few were like whoa this is tough to open up and absolutely but now it's starting to come in and and the conversations are more free flowing and as you said Dr. Hillary it's amazing when you express like a a trauma or an insecurity or a feeling of concern and you openly express it and it's received with no judgment quite often. I think we think we're gonna be judged when we we say something like that, mm. but actually the people around us are just gonna shower us with love and affection mm-hmm. and line up to help. That's the mm. other thing. We've seen such a response from our, our listeners and any time in my life when I've reached out to a friend or family member or something, they drop everything and line up to help. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think there's also, you know, I, I think there's, there's, <clears throat> there's sort of, there's
4: group intelligence and there's also a group, there's certain like a group IQ, yeah. but there's also a group EQ, you know what I mean? And, and I think that, that that's an element to it as well, where you, you put it out there and people begin to say, oh, okay, it, all it does is we have to realize also from where we are, our platform is that when we talk about what we're going through, it, it simply human, humanizes us. And it allows other people to sort of express themselves, too. And so that's the beauty of the format, you know, is to discuss things that are on our mind.
3: There is that amazing phenomenon where almost always, when we are vulnerable and open up, you're right, people people come towards us, not move away. And I think part of that is that people are inherently good, but part of that is because it touches within ourselves. Mm -hmm. We recognize each other. I feel that, too. I'm afraid, too. I'm vulnerable, too. And you're so bullied that yeah. someone else is showing that part of themselves, that yeah. people, I think, um, uh, are, are mobilized by it. It's yeah. really powerful.
1: I have a question for you, Dr. Hillary. Um, what area of most people's lives gives them the most anxiety?
5: Hmm.
1: Would it be relationship? Would it be career? Would it be finances? What In your practice, what do you see most common that people struggle with that gives them the most anxiety?
3: I would say the the deepest, most soulful anxiety, if you will, right. usually is around relationships, is around one's, you know, most primitive relationship, typically the romantic relationship. Right. Um, sometimes other relationships are the most formative, uh, depending on one's life circumstances. But I would say those are, are the ones that tend to, those type of anxieties are the ones that tend to break through even, Um, the most sturdy of coping mechanisms, right? I mean, of course I see a lot of anxiety around professional stuff and finances and all of that, but I think it, for me, it's people's core, this relationship stuff and all the vulnerability that comes up and things that it pulls up from our past, pains from our Ah, past and unfinished business from
1: our past. That, That was my next question is what specifically within a relationship gives the most anxiety? Is it insecurities? Is it fears? Um, like, But you said things from our past. Is that things about us that we're not proud of? Things we've done? What things I, that we're shameful of?
3: You know, what I often see, I mean, certainly it, 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 is, it is in that subset, what you just mentioned, certainly. But I, what I most often see is is... Some version, as you were just talking about, about insecurities, fears of abandonment, fears of vulnerability, Mm. that instead of showing up that way, show up in another way, like anger or shutting down or uh, infidelity or um, overworking or drinking, right? You know, things that, that negatively impact the relationship are invasive to the connection of the relationship. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, if you dig in with the client and relate it back to their uh, early childhood years or dynamics in their family of origin, Mm. you find pains and wounds and hurts that Never really got resolved. That can right. get projected onto the current relationship. Right. So if um, if somebody felt like, oh, their their mother never really saw them um, fully mm. as a person, was you know felt sort of abandoning emotionally. That that person can be overly sensitive to their partner checking out or not mm. attending to them, for example. So oftentimes we're able to link those things and and make some pretty powerful progress as a result
1: wow it's that that's fascinating to me because that's like a puzzle right that's like a like a it's a deep dive of a journey seeing this from 12 years ago affects this decision-making process today. And we all have it. We all carry oh, yeah. our past with us and mm. it shows up in our present. And, mm-hmm. and unless we actually do some of this reflective work and you said it's journaling, you said it could be talking to a therapist, uh, these different practices, reading, um, we're going to carry this behavior with us in the future. Mm. And I also believe that a behavior doesn't define a person. So if we acted a certain way or act a certain way, that's a behavior, but that doesn't mean that's ne- necessarily who we are. So I can I can do something, Gav, to you that upsets you, mm-hmm. and you might still love me as a dude, but you're like, I don't like that behavior, that what you just did there. Right. You know what I mean? So for people listening, I don't want them to be defined by their past. I don't want their future. If they if they have a traumatic past or things that they're insecure about or fears or something. I don't want them to carry that into the present or into the future, but I do want them to, as my dad used to say, run toward the fire, discover what that is, mm. lean into that, and really own it, wear it, mm. and say that was a part of me, but I can today change the path of my future. I
4: I, I I haven't mentioned it yet, but I love hearing you quote your dad because my dad always used to say something almost identical.
1: Really? What was, he was would
4: it? Say, Run to the lion
1: oh yeah yeah
4: mm. yeah he'd always run to the lion run towards the lion same exact kind of thing you know it was about you know he'd say don't waste your calories trying to get away from the problem go to the problem yeah don't exhaust yourself trying to get away from it go fix it whatever it is go at it you know what I mean and uh yeah all, all and I the love same what thing. you just
3: said too about the you know, there's such a beacon of hope in the notion that we are not our behavior. And for your oh, listeners beautiful. who are considering all of this and feel shame or whatever the right word is about some of their behavior, or how they move through the world or through relationships, you know, really clinging on that notion that you are not your behavior. You know, some of those behaviors may come from these wounds that we're talking about. Right. And there's, there's a chance to shift that. There's a chance to change that, to understand it and make different choices In our future. So not feeling like we're Mm -hmm. stuck in some narrative that we've internalized about ourselves Um, can be a really, you know, hopeful notion when someone just feels stuck in anxiety or stuck in behaviors or stuck in a way of being.
1: Yeah. And I think I think the self talk, you just touched on it, like the way we talk to ourselves, the way we treat ourselves Mm. is as important in that or more important than the way anybody is going to treat us. Mm. Um, and just what, while we're on this, uh, one of my best buddies, uh, put this on his Instagram yesterday, Mike green, put this on his Instagram. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. It's a quote by Carl Jung. Great. Um, and I saw that and I was like, I love this man. I absolutely love it. Um, so. It's It sounds so easy, though, but you said your dad said run toward the lion. I say my dad said run toward the fire. But um, any other tips or tricks, Dr. Hillary, on how we can encourage somebody to move toward the issues or problems or traumatic areas in their life in order to understand it? Um, come to terms with it, accept it. I believe acceptance is part of it. Moving on, accepting your your mistakes, accepting your behaviors, accepting mm. that is part of being able to move on and let go. But do you have any, uh, before we let you go, any more tips and tricks to give our listeners?
3: I would just say this. I mean, just kind of really taking in that it is it is an active choice because if we kind of wait for it to happen to us, you know, moving towards the fire to use your dad's ideas, we usually can't get out of our own way. We keep repeating the patterns that we're used to, right? So if we kind of have a passive approach, it it's hard to make a shift. So. Yeah. Can feel a bit overwhelming, but the idea of like just one active thing, one thing, one little thing that's different. And picking Mm. from any of the things that I talked about before, you know, opening Mm. up to your partner, opening up to a friend in a way that you typically don't, making an appointment with a therapist, you Mm. know, journaling, even sitting down and meditating for two minutes and focusing on your breathing, just interrupting your way of being with some consciousness and mindfulness and exploration of emotions, if possible, in just the smallest way can begin to open the door. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's like a twofold message. Yes, you have to be active, but it can also be really small. You can do it in these tiny little whispers, these tiny little increments, and start to build that muscle for it instead of feeling like it has to be... Um, you know, a very dramatic shift from one moment to another yeah. to make
1: any change. I love that. Also, as, as I was listening to you talk there, I was just thinking about, um, I'm thinking really about a listener out there who's listening to this and has something that they want to bring up, whether to a romantic partner, to a friend, to a family member, whatever, they have something that they want to bring up. Doing so to a person in your life is actually going to be an amazing filter for the people in your life. So if I have something that's vulnerable, insecure, something that I need, whatever it is that I need to bring up Mm. to say it's to Gav, and he completely rejects it or makes fun of it or shuts it down, that to me is a great filter on what kind of person this is. Or if he leans in and says, tell me more, how can I help? Like, I'm here for you. I actually struggle with that as well. Like, I'm here, whatever you need, like, that is an amazing filter for the quality of people in your life. So I, I do want to encourage people to have that courage to open up, to lead the discussion, to step forward and say, I want to talk to you. I actually have something that I'm re- that's really giving me anxiety and issues. And I don't want it to be a pro- uh, uh, an issue in my life anymore. Can I talk to about this with you? Can I trust you? Yeah. Uh, and the response from that person, you'll find out pretty soon. I mean, what, what the quality of that person is. Absolutely. It
3: gives you a lot of information about the people in your life. Mm -hmm. From that standpoint, maybe it feels less risky because you may find out wow, this person is available to me in a way that I I didn't know or, or didn't fully accept or embrace. And, and maybe you find out like okay this kind of stuff isn't totally safe with this
4: person right I have a clinical uh, uh, term it's called that person sucks (laughs) oh
3: yeah (laughs)
1: there you you go that's what we call it too what a coincidence (laughs) Um, Dr. Hillary where can people find you I love your mission I just absolutely love it I'd love to have you come in studio one day and talk to us because I have people in my family who go through and close friends who go through depression um, anxiety uh, people that are dealing with trauma and grief. We all are at some degree of time and it comes in ebbs and flows and cycles and sometimes things come up. I'm actually dealing with working through hockey, working through retiring from hockey. It's something that I want to do in 2020 and I'm unpacking, I'm currently on a journey, unpacking the traumas and griefs and resentments and frustrations and failures and all of this stuff that I'm carrying from my career in a sport that I don't want to carry with me anymore moving into my life. So um, I would love to even personally even just sit down with you but have you in studio so many more people can benefit. Uh, But right now, before we do that, where could people find you that are listening right now?
3: Yes, well, you and your listeners... Can find me um, at uh, drhillarygoldsher dot com,
1: and it's two L's H I L L A R Y G O L D S H E R dot com, and we'll have these in the show notes. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, thanks, I, I Doc. I love
3: what you guys are doing, too. I'd love to come in and talk more about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: please do. Yeah, we'll have to make that happen for sure. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Hillary. Appreciate your time so much. Thank you very much. You've, you've been so helpful to myself and and to our listeners. And That's right. Gav, you never Me need too. any help. You're perfect, buddy. But <laughs> You're perfect, Brooks. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Hillary. We appreciate you. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> buddy we crushed that again i think it was out of the park man 2020 we're on a rocket ship here in 2020 absolutely one weekend we're killing it one weekend we're taking (laughs) we are taking how men think to be the best podcast on the air that's what we want that's our goal absolutely we just want to serve as many people as we can that's that's really the mission of it. So keep it's adding a, value. A good to goal, pe- man. Keep adding value to people's lives. That's right. They'll keep listening. That's right. And they'll share it with their friends, as many friends as they have. It better. Yeah. You better. <laughs> um, we have more topics that we didn't get to today. Yes. We didn't have enough time to. Um, but there's marriage and anxiety. There's career. These are all topics you guys yes. have sent to us. Career, finances, read a book, financial freedom, self care, diet, less multitasking, patience, being present. Increasing income, communication with husband, so many more topics. So uh, a laundry
4: list. That the only thing we didn't mention was laundry.
1: Laundry yeah basically um, we need to work on our laundry <laughs> <laughs> um, you probably just buy new clothes you don't even launder them sometimes <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these these we're gonna keep this list we're gonna dive into some of these topics in future episodes yes um, and as always guys we've always said this this podcast is a vessel here a vessel of service to serve you guys so keep sending us your emails your topics your thoughts your questions that's right men at iheartradio.com and how men think podcast on Instagram. And Gavin personally responds to all of them. It's uh, just because um, the typing
4: thing is something I enjoy doing so much. Yeah, on the keyboard.
1: You know how, like last week, you said it's like a piano. Last week, you said like one of the things you want to be, be better at is like finishing things you start. Yes, like emails. Like emails. So like responding to emails when people send messages to How Men Think. You're going to answer them all. If you ever get something, <laughs> uh, a reply back that you don't like, it was Brooks. Oh, dang. And if you do like it, it was you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Buddy, I'm excited. 2020, <laughs> we're rolling in 2020. I love this. I love. I just love the turn of the calendar, the new year, the That's new right. decade. And I, here, man. I love seeing your face every day, buddy. You too, my bro. That's it for this week. See you, man. Till next week, everybody. Take care of one another. Love one another. And we'll see you back here for another episode of How Men Think. Goodbye.